Chapter One, Part Two of Nana by Emile Zola, translated by Burton Rasco. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. One, Part Two. But I know her," cried Steiner as soon as he saw Fauchery. "I have certainly seen her somewhere, at the casino, I think, and she was so drunk that she got locked up." well i'm not quite sure said the journalist i'm like you i have certainly met her somewhere he lowered his voice and added with a laugh at old tricot's i dare say of course in some vile place exclaimed mignon who seemed exasperated it is disgusting to see the public welcome in such a way the first filthy wench that offers soon there will not be a respectable woman left on the stage yes i shall have to forbid rose playing any more faucherie could not repress a smile meanwhile the heavily shod crowd continued to pour down the stairs and a little man in a cap said in a drawling voice oh my she is plump you could eat her in the lobby two young men with their hair exquisitely curled and looking very stylish with their stuck-up collars turned slightly down in front were quarrelling one kept saying vile vile without giving any reason whilst the other retaliated with stunning stunning equally disdaining to explain la paloise liked her immensely he however only ventured to observe that she would be much better if she cultivated her voice then steiner who had left off listening seemed to wake up with a start they must wait though perhaps in the next acts everything would come to grief the audience though very lenient so far was not yet smitten with the piece mignon swore no one would sit it through and as faucherie and la paloise left them to go into the saloon he took hold of steiner's arm and pressing close up to his shoulder whispered in his ear old boy come and see my wife's costume for the second act it is the limit upstairs the foyer was brilliantly illuminated by three crystal gasoliers the two cousins paused for a moment the glass doors standing wide open showed them a wave of heads which two contending currents whirled about in a continual eddy they entered five or six groups of men talking and gesticulating earnestly stood their ground in spite of the crush while others were walking up and down in rows now and again turning sharply on their heels which resounded on the waxed boards to the right and left women occupying the red velvet seats placed between the jasper columns watched the crowd as it passed with a weary air as if exhausted by the intense heat and behind them could be seen their chignons in the tall glasses decorating the walls at the end of the saloon a man with a very big belly was standing at the bar drinking a glass of syrup faucherie had gone out on the balcony to get a breath of fresh air la faloise who had been studying some photographs of actresses placed in frames which alternated with the looking-glasses between the columns ended by following him the row of gas-jets in front of the theatre had just been extinguished it was dark and cool on the balcony which appeared to be vacant with the exception of one solitary figure that of a young man who enveloped in shadow leant against the stone balustrade in the recess on the right smoking a cigarette faucherie recognized Dagonet they shook hands whatever are you doing here old fellow asked the journalist hiding in odd corners you who as a rule never leave the stalls during a first night's performance but i am smoking as you see answered Dagonet. then faucherie so as to embarrass him said and the new star what do you think of her the remarks i have heard made about the house are rather disparaging oh 
murmured Degenay, by men with whom she would not have anything to do this was all the criticism he offered on nana's talent la faloise leaning forward looked up and down the boulevard the windows of a hotel and a club opposite were brilliantly lighted while on the pavement a compact mass of customers occupied the tables of the cafe de madrid notwithstanding the lateness of the hour the crowd was immense every one had to walk slowly a stream of people continually flowed from the passage jouffroy and persons were obliged to wait five minutes sometimes before they could cross from one side of the road to the other so great was the throng of vehicles what animation what noise la faloise who had not yet ceased to be astonished at paris kept repeating a bell ran and the saloon rapidly emptied every one hurried along the passages the curtain had risen but a crowd still streamed in much to the disgust of those of the audience who were already seated the late-comers hastened to their places with animated and attentive looks la faloise's first glance was for gaga but he was astonished to notice by her side the tall fellow with light hair who during the first act had been in lucy's stage-box what did you say was the name of that gentleman he asked faucherie did not see the person meant at once ah yes la bordette he said at last in the same careless tone of voice as before the scenery of the second act was a surprise it represented a low dancing establishment of the suburbs called the boule noire on a shrove tuesday some masqueraders dressed in grotesque costumes sang a lively strain the chorus of which they accompanied by stamping their heels the words and gestures being not over decorous and quite unexpected amused the audience immensely and secured the honours of an encore and it was into this place that the troop of gods led astray by iris who falsely claimed to know the earth had come to pursue their investigations they were disguised so as to preserve their incognito jupiter appeared as king dagobert with his breeches turned wrong side out and a huge tin crown on his head phoebus masqueraded as the postilion of longjumeau and minerva as a norman wet-nurse shouts of laughter greeted mars who wore a preposterous costume as a swiss admiral but the mirth became scandalous when neptune dressed in a blouse and tall cap with little curls glued to his temples dragged after him his slipshod shoes and said in an unctuous tone of voice well what next when a fellow's handsome he must allow himself to be adored this elicited a few oh ohs while the ladies slightly raised their fans lucy in her stage-box laughed so noisily that caroline Equet entreated her to be quiet from this moment the piece was saved and was even a great success this carnival of the gods olympus dragged through the mud religion and poetry alike scoffed at struck the public as extremely witty a fever of irreverence took possession of this intellectual first-night audience ancient legends were trodden under foot and antique images were broken jupiter had a fine head mars was highly successful royalty became a farce and the army a jest when jupiter desperately smitten all of a sudden by the charms of a little laundress broke into a wild can-can and simone who played the part of the laundress raised her foot on a level with the nose of the master of the gods calling him in such a funny manner my fat old boy a peal of mad laughter shook the house while the others danced phoebus treated minerva to some hot wine and neptune sat surrounded by some seven or eight women who stuffed him with cakes the audience snatched at the faintest allusions obscenities were discovered where none were intended and the most inoffensive words were invested with a totally different meaning by the exclamations of the occupants of the stalls 
it was long since the theatre-going public had wallowed in such disgusting foolery and it took its fill the action of the piece however advanced in spite of all this by-play vulcan dressed in the latest style only all in yellow and with yellow gloves and a glass in his eye was there in pursuit of venus who at last arrived dressed as a fishwoman a handkerchief thrown over her head her breasts protruding and covered with huge gold ornaments nana was so white and so plump and so natural in this part of a person strong in the hips and the gift of the gab that she at once gained the entire audience rose mignon a delicious baby with a baby bonnet on her head and in short muslin skirts was quite forgotten although she had just sung diana's woes in a charming voice the other the big girl with her arms akimbo who clucked like a hen was so full of life and the power of woman that the audience became fairly intoxicated after this no exception was taken at anything that nana did she was allowed to pose badly to move badly to sing every note false and forget her part she had only to turn to the audience and smile to be treated with wild applause each time she gave her peculiar movement of the hips the occupants of the stalls brightened up and the enthusiasm rose from gallery to gallery up to the very roof so that when she led the dance her triumph was complete she was in her element as with arms akimbo she dragged venus through the mire the music too seemed written for her voice of the gutter a music of reed pipes a sort of reminiscence of a return from the fair of st cloud with the sneezes of the clarinets and the gambols of the flutes two concerted pieces were again encored the waltz of the overture that waltz with the saucy rhythm returned and whirled the gods round and round juno as a farmer's wife caught jupiter flirting with the washerwoman and spanked him diana surprising venus in the act of arranging a meeting with mars hastened to inform vulcan of the time and place when the latter exclaimed i have my plan the remainder of the act did not seem very clear the god's inquiry terminated in a final gallopade after which jupiter in a great perspiration all out of breath and having lost his crown proclaimed that the little women of the earth were delicious and that the men alone were in the wrong the curtain fell and above the applause rose some voices shouting loudly all all then the curtain rose again and the actors and actresses reappeared hand in hand in their midst were nana and rose mignon bowing side by side the applause was repeated the claques surpassed their former efforts and then the house slowly became half empty i must go and pay my respects to countess mifa said la Faloise. very well replied faucherie and you can introduce me we can go outside afterwards but it was not such an easy matter to reach the balcony boxes as the crowd in the passages was almost impenetrable to pass through the different groups it was necessary to use one's elbows rather freely leaning against the wall beneath a brass gas bracket the stout critic was giving his opinion of the piece to an attentive circle people as they passed lingered and told their friends in a low voice who he was it was rumoured that he had laughed during the whole act however he now showed himself very severe and talked of good taste and morality farther on the critic with the thin lips was most favourable but his remarks had an unpleasant aftertaste like milk turned sour faucherie searched the different boxes with a glance through the small round windows in the doors but the count de vandeuvre stopped him to ask him some questions when he learnt that the two cousins intended paying their respects to the Mufas, he directed them to their box number seven, which he had just left. 
then he whispered in the journalist's ear i say old fellow this nana is surely the girl we met one night at the corner of the rue de provence why of course you are right exclaimed faucherie i was sure i had met her somewhere la faloise introduced his cousin to count muffat de beuville whose manner was cool in the extreme but on hearing faucherie's name the countess looked up quickly and complimented him on his articles in the figaro in a well-turned phrase leaning against the velvet-coloured balustrade she half turned towards him with a graceful movement of her shoulders they talked for a few minutes and the conversation fell upon the exhibition it will certainly be very fine said the count whose square face and regular features preserved a certain official gravity i visited the champ de mars to-day and i returned filled with wonder i am told however that it will not be ready in time observed la faloise something has gone wrong it will be ready the emperor insists upon it interrupted the count in his stern voice faucherie told gaily how he had been almost lost in the aquarium during its building one day when he had gone there in search of materials for an article the countess smiled she looked from time to time about the house raising an arm with its long white glove reaching to the elbow and fanning herself slowly the seats were now mostly unoccupied a few gentlemen who had remained in the stalls were reading the evening papers and several women were receiving their friends much as if they were at home there was now no sound above a well-bred whisper beneath the crystal gasolier the brightness of which was dimmed by the fine dust raised by the stir at the end of the act about the doors some men lingered to inspect the few women who remained seated and for a minute they stood quite motionless stretching their necks and displaying their white shirt-fronts we shall expect to see you next tuesday said the countess to la Valoise. and she extended her invitation to faucherie who thanked her with a low bow the play was not alluded to nor was the name of nana pronounced the count's manner was so icy and dignified that one might have supposed him to be at a meeting of the corps législatif he took occasion to say as if to explain their presence that his father-in-law had an especial fondness for the theatre the door of the box had remained opened and the marquis de choix who had gone out to leave room for the visitors now stood tall and erect in the doorway his pale flabby face shaded by his broad-brimmed hat as he followed with his dim eyes the women who passed as soon as the countess had given her invitation faucherie retired feeling that under the circumstances it would not be in good taste to discuss the play la Faloise left the box last he had just noticed in the comte de vandreuve's stage-box the fair-haired la bordette quite at his ease and conversing intimately with blanche de sivry i say said he as he joined his cousin this la bordette appears to know all the women he's with blanche now know them all of course he does answered faucherie coolly why wherever have you sprung from young man the passage was not nearly so crowded now faucherie was on the point of going down the stairs when lucy stuart called him she was standing just outside the door of her box the heat she said was intolerable inside so in company of caroline Ecay and her mother she blocked up the whole width of the passage crunching burnt almonds one of the box openers was conversing with them in a maternal manner lucy began at once to pick a quarrel with the journalist he was a nice fellow he was in a precious hurry to go and see the other women but he couldn't even come and ask them to have a drink then suddenly dropping the subject she said lightly i say old fellow i think nana a big hit 
she wanted him to be in her box for the last act but he escaped promising to see them at the end of the piece outside in front of the theatre faucherie and la Paloise lit their cigarettes a small crowd blocked the pavement formed of a part of the male portion of the audience who had come down the steps to breathe the fresh night air amidst the growing stillness of the boulevard in the meanwhile mignon had dragged steiner to the cafe des varietes seeing nana's success he spoke of her enthusiastically all the time watching the banker from out of the corner of his eye he knew him twice had he assisted him in deceiving rose and when the caprice was over had brought him back to her faithful and penitent inside the cafe the two numerous customers were squeezing round the marble tables and some men standing up were drinking hastily the large mirrors reflected this mass of heads ad infinitum and increased inordinately the size of the narrow saloon with its three gasoliers its moleskin covered seats and its winding staircase draped with red steiner seated himself at a table in the outer room which was quite open on to the boulevard the frontage having been removed a little too early for the season as faucherie and his cousin passed the banker stopped them come and take a glass of beer with us he said he himself however was absorbed with an idea which had just occurred to him he wanted to have a bouquet thrown to nana at length he called one of the waiters whom he familiarly named augustus mignon who was listening to all he said looked at him so straight in the eyes that he became quite disconcerted as he faltered two bouquets augustus and give them to one of the attendants one for each of the ladies at the right moment you understand at the other end of the room with her head supported against the frame of a mirror a girl who could not have been more than eighteen sat motionless before an empty glass as though benumbed by a long and useless waiting beneath the natural curls of her beautiful hair appeared the face of a virgin with a pair of velvety eyes looking so gentle and honest she wore a dress of faded green silk with a round hat which had been knocked in by sundry blows the chilly evening air made her look quite white Hello why there's satin murmured faucherie as he caught sight of her la Faloise questioned him oh she was nobody only a wretched street-walker but she was so foul-mouthed it was rare fun to make her talk and the journalist raised his voice whatever are you doing there satin wearing my guts out she quietly replied without moving the four men highly delighted burst out laughing mignon assured the others that there was no need to hurry it would take at least twenty minutes to set up the scenery of the third act but the two cousins who had finished their beer wished to return to the theatre they felt cold then mignon left alone with steiner leaned both elbows on the table and looking him full in the face said well then it's quite understood we will call on her and i will introduce you you know it's quite between ourselves my wife need not know anything about it back in their places faucherie and la Faloise noticed in the second tier of boxes a very pretty woman very quietly dressed she was accompanied by a solemn-looking gentleman the head of a department at the ministry of the interior whom la Faloise knew from having met him at the mufas as for faucherie he said he believed she was called madame robert a worthy woman who had a lover but never more than one and he was always a highly respectable person as they turned round dagonet smiled at them now that nana had proved a success he no longer kept himself in the background he had just returned from wandering about the house and enjoying her triumph the youngster fresh from college beside him had not once quitted his seat 
so overpowering was the state of admiration into which the sight of nana had plunged him so that then was woman and he blushed deeply and kept taking off and putting on his gloves mechanically at last as his neighbour had talked about nana he ventured to question him excuse me sir he said but this lady who is playing do you happen to know her yes a little murmured dagonet in surprise and with some hesitation then you know her address the question came so abruptly and so strangely as addressed to him that dagonet felt like slapping the lad's face i do not he answered coldly and turned his back the youngster understood that he had been guilty of some impropriety he blushed all the more and was mortified beyond expression the three knocks resounded throughout the house and some of the attendants their arms full of opera cloaks and overcoats were obstinately endeavouring to restore the various garments to their owners who were hastening back to their seats the claque applauded the scenery which represented a grotto in mount etna hollowed out of a silver mine with sides that glittered like newly coined crown pieces at the back was vulcan's forge with all the tints of a sunset in the second scene diana arranged everything with the god who was to pretend to go on a journey so as to leave the coast clear for venus and mars then scarcely was diana left alone than venus arrived a thrill ran through the audience nana was next to naked she appeared in her nakedness with a calm audacity confident in the all-powerfulness of her flesh a slight gauze enveloped her her round shoulders her amazonian breasts the rosy tips of which stood out straight and firm as lances her broad hips swayed by the most voluptuous movements her plump thighs in fact her whole body could be divined nay seen white as the foam beneath the transparent covering it was venus rising from the sea with no other veil than her locks and when nana raised her arms the glare of the footlights displayed to every gaze the golden hairs of her armpits there was no applause no one laughed now the grave faces of the men were bent forward their nostrils contracted their mouths parched and irritated a gentle breath laden with an unknown menace seemed to have passed over all out of this laughing girl there had suddenly emerged a woman appalling all who beheld her crowning all the follies of her sex displaying to the world the hidden secrets of inordinate desire nana still preserved her smile but it was the mocking one of a destroyer of men the devil said faucherie to la Faloise. mars in the meantime hurrying to the meeting with his big hat and plume found himself caught between the two goddesses then there ensued a scene in which Bruyère played very ingeniously fondled by diana who wished to make a last attempt to bring him back into the right path before delivering him up to vulcan's vengeance cajoled by venus whom the presence of her rival stimulated he abandoned himself to all these endearments with the happy expression of a donkey in a field of clover the scene ended with a grand trio and it was at this moment that an attendant entered lucy stewart's box and threw two enormous bouquets of white lilac on to the stage every one applauded and nana and rose mignon curtsied their acknowledgments whilst Spruyère picked up the flowers some of the occupants of the stalls turned smilingly in the direction of the box occupied by steiner and mignon the banker all inflamed moved his chin convulsively as though something had stuck in his throat the acting which followed quite took the house by storm diana having gone off furious 
venus seated on a bed of moss at once called mars to her side never before had so warm a scene of seduction been risked upon the stage nana her arms around prulière's neck was slowly drawing him to her when fontan grotesquely imitating the most awful fury exaggerating the looks of an outraged husband who surprises his wife in the very act appeared at the back of the grotto in his hands he held his famous iron net for a moment he poised it like a fisherman about to throw then by some ingenious device venus and mars were ensnared the net covered them and held them fast in their guilty posture then arose a murmur resembling one huge sigh a few hands clapped and every opera-glass was fixed on venus little by little nana had gained possession of the audience and now every man succumbed to her the lust she inspired similar to an animal in heat had grown more and more till it filled the house now her slightest movements fanned the desire the raising of her little finger caused all the flesh beholding her to quiver backs were arched vibrating as though the muscles like so many fiddle-strings were being played on by some invisible hand on the napes of the outstretched necks the down fluttered beneath the warm and errant breath escaped from some women's lips Faucherie beheld in front of him the youngster fresh from college start from his seat in his agitation he had the curiosity to look at the count de vandeuve who was very pale with tightly pressed lips the stout steiner whose apoplectic face seemed bursting la bordette examining through his eyeglass with the astonished look of a jockey admiring a thoroughbred mare daguenet whose ears were flaming red and trembling with enjoyment then for an instant he turned round and was amazed at what he saw in the muffas box behind the countess who was looking pale and serious the count had raised himself up his mouth wide open and his face blurred with red blotches whilst beside him in the shadow the troubled eyes of the marquis de choix had become cat-like in appearance full of phosphorescence and flecked with gold the heat was suffocating even the hair weighed heavily on the perspiring heads during the three hours that the piece had lasted the foul breath had given the atmosphere an odour of human flesh in the blaze of light the dust now appeared thicker and seemed suspended motionless beneath the big crystal gasolier the audience tired and excited seized with those drowsy midnight desires which murmur their wishes in the depths of alcoves vacillated and was gradually becoming dazed and nana facing this half-swooning crowd these fifteen hundred persons packed one above the other and sinking with emotion and the nervous excitement of an approaching finale remained victorious with her marble flesh her sex alone strong enough to conquer them all and remain scatheless the play was rapidly drawing to an end in answer to vulcan's triumphant calls all olympus defiled before the lovers uttering cries of stupefaction or indulging in broad remarks jupiter said my son i consider you are very foolish to call us to see this then there was a sudden change of feeling in favour of venus the deputation of cuckolds again introduced by iris beseeched the master of the gods not to give heed to their petition for since their wives passed their evenings at home they made their lives unbearable so they preferred to be deceived and happy which was the moral of the piece venus therefore was set free vulcan obtained a judicial separation mars made it up again with diana 
jupiter for the sake of peace and quietness at home sent the little washerwoman into a constellation and cupid was at last released from his prison where he had been making paper fowls instead of conjugating the verb to love the curtain fell on an apotheosis the deputation of cuckolds kneeling and singing a hymn of gratitude to venus smiling and exalted in her sovereign nudity the spectators had already risen from their seats and were hastily making for the doors the authors were named and there was a double call in the midst of a thunder of applause the cry nana nana re-echoed again and again then before the house was fairly empty it became quite dark the footlights were turned out the lights of the gasolier were lowered and long grey coverings were drawn over the gilding of the balconies and the heat and the noise suddenly gave place to a death-like stillness and an odour of dust and mildew at the door of her box stood the countess Mifa, wrapped in her furs and gazing into the darkness as she waited for the crowd to pass away in the passages the jostled attendants were fast losing their senses among the piles of cloaks and other garments faucherie and la Faloise had hurried to see the people come out in the vestibule several gentlemen were waiting in a row while down the double staircase descended two interminable and compact processions steiner led away by mignon was one of the first to leave the count de vandeuvre went off with blanche de civry on his arm for a moment gaga and her daughter seemed embarrassed but la bordette hastened to secure them a cab and gallantly saw them into it no one noticed Dagenet leave as the youngster fresh from college with his cheeks all aglow bent upon waiting at the stage door hastened to the passage des panoramas the gate of which he found closed satin loitering on the pavement came and grazed him lightly with her skirts but he quite broken-hearted roughly declined her advances and disappeared in the crowd with tears of powerless longing in his eyes some of the spectators lighting cigars went off humming the song when venus takes an evening stroll satin had returned to the cafe des varietes where augustus was allowing her to eat the lumps of sugar left by the customers a stout man who was greatly excited having just quitted the theatre at length took her off into the darkness of the now gradually hushed boulevard the crowd still continued to pour down the double staircase la Faloise was waiting for clarisse and faucherie had promised to escort lucy stuart with caroline Equet and her mother they now arrived monopolizing a whole corner of the vestibule to themselves and laughing loudly just as the mifas passed looking very frigid at that moment bordenave opening a little door appeared and obtained from faucherie a distinct promise of a notice he was covered with perspiration his face as red as though he had had a sunstroke and looking intoxicated with success your piece will run for two hundred nights at least said la Faloise obligingly all paris will visit your theatre but bordenave his rage getting the better of him indicated with a rapid movement of his chin the crowd that filled the vestibule that mob of men with parched mouths and sparkling eyes still inflamed with their passionate longing for nana and violently exclaimed say my brothel can't you you pig-headed animal End of chapter one